Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit. My name is Rafal Matuszewski, and I got another awesome guest. His name is Kevin Larrabee of the FitCast. Say hello. <laughs> I, I didn't know that you're really going to use that like you are you weren't going to blank it out. It was just like we're going straight for the explicit label on iTunes, I guess. Yeah, why not, right? <laughs> no, it works. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. No problem. Uh, so to kind of start off, if you can tell everybody who you are, what you do, and how you got into this industry. All right. So, th- like, yeah, this is uh, – it's weird. I'm 30, but I feel like I've been in the industry forever um, because I, I really started getting into it in um, – probably when I was around, like, 17 years old um, after a couple of years of, like, dropping a bunch of weight and really getting into the fitness thing because I was I was really overweight in, in middle school and in my freshman year of high school. And uh, after you lose a bunch of weight, like, you're always kind of looking for, all right, well, I've got this far. What's the next piece of knowledge or what? What's the next thing that is going to help me get, um, you know, a little bit farther? So that, that's how I kind of got uh, started. And eventually that led to, you know, me going and looking at colleges for getting into some kind of health science background. Uh, and <laughs> I think the original goal, I went into like orientation at Keene State College or I was like looking at uh, that school and they, they give you a tour and all that stuff. But basically I was like, yeah, I'm going to be the I'm going to be the Boston Celtic strength coach, um, which hasn't happened yet. But. Uh, and I don't know if I'm going to end up going down that road. But anyways, uh, when I was in college, I ended up starting uh, the FitCast like over 10 years ago. It was um, April 2006. So since then, um, you know, I've done about 410 episodes of that. And that opened up a lot of doors because I got to meet a bunch of people through that show, you know, be the, you know, Eric Cressy, who I interned at his facility uh, out of college. Um, and also where I am right now, Mike Ball strength and conditioning with, with Mike, he, he knew me through that. So it made the, you know, the conversation of like, Oh yeah, like potentially working there. That was an easy conversation to have because he already knew so much about me and my skill set and all that. So, um, I've been at Mike Ball strength and conditioning for, Coming up on it's actually going to be seven years in about two weeks, wow. uh, which is just really nuts because, like that is, I mean that's a long time to be that at any kind of gym, um, but especially at our gym because we are very much like a a kind of like I like to describe it as like a graduate program. We have coaches that you know will stay for like two or three years, but you know working at Mike Boyle Strength and Conditioning opens up so many doors because you have such a great education from the people that we have coming in for continuing education, the, the education that you get from our staff and from Mike himself. And then people are, you know, start looking around like, yeah, I could go get a, you know, a college strength and conditioning job. I could we have people that have opened up their own facilities and been very successful out of our gym. And uh we have great relationships with so many coaches and facilities throughout the country. So if you feel like, you know, you want to go and, and move to a certain area, you know, there is the chance to go work at an athlete's, I guess is Exos now, uh, like work at Exos. Um, and we've had a couple of coaches. I think we have like three coaches in the last couple of years that have gone and, and worked at Exos or an Exos, uh, branded facility, um, which is, which is really, really great. So since, uh, as we were kind of talking before the air, uh, getting on the recording, but, the the main thing that I do today is I, I manage um, our certification. We have a certification that we run out of the gym called Certified Functional Strength Coach um, that I help co-found with a couple of the staff there, um, as well as run the day-to-day operations for our continuing ed uh, programs, Body by Boy Online, and also our gym licensing, MBSE Thrive. And I still find some time to get into the gym a couple days a week to coach my middle school groups, which is uh, kind of like the demo that I like to train. They're very they're very much a challenge, uh, but also they're just like always a blast. Uh, they're always in you know good spirits, and I'm very much sorry to ramble. Just had some <laughs> caffeine, but I'm very I'm very like immature and like I like dumb movies that you know maybe 14 year olds are gonna like too, like Pacific Rim, or I still have an Xbox, so I can talk to the guys about like an Xbox, and it's an easy way for me to connect with these kids and almost like build you know build something so they're like oh yeah you know i, I want to go to the gym and hang out because you know they understand or like they're at least willing to ask me like oh how was school or you know what's what was my day like what was my weekend like and um it's a way to you know get those kids really invested in what we're trying to do yeah that's a tough age like 14 15 and it's like 
So how was your day? Oh, whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, this is this is kind of actually that. I mean, there is a magic age. I think like in in my group, we have kids between like ages ten and thirteen. So, and this is to preface like we we try, or I guess over the last couple of years, we've kind of dialed that back. It usually used to be like, all right, you have to be twelve to start getting into our programs and training at our gym. But what we found is that, all right. If they can't train at boils, they're just going to go to another gym with a worse program and worse coaching. So yeah. we, we tried to meet them halfway and uh, we, we dial things back a little bit to 11 and 10. But also you got to keep in mind like the biological age of these kids. Like some kids are going to develop way quicker than others. So like in my group, I could have an 11 year old that looks like he's 15 and I can have a 15 year old that looks like, you know, he's, he's 10. Uh, so you got to kind of keep that stuff in mind too. Yeah. That's a good age to start training. I'm only cause like the amount of documentaries I've seen on Netflix about the obesity epidemic in the States is just, it's crazy. Like right. I don't think how much like us Canadians here know how good we have it compared to like, you know, kids that are 14 and already have diabetes and yeah, mm-hmm. it's just crazy. Yeah. I, I, and that's, it's it's a cool it's a cool program that we have there now because like we're not just training kids that you know their parents think they're going to be the next best hockey player the the next best you know basketball player when the, when they get into college we have a lot of kids that come in that play no sports like they just come in and it's their physical activity twice a week and it's great because they obviously are going to, you know, be in a better position in terms of like fitness, but also they're going to get stronger. Um, which is something that I think can never be undervalued. The impact strength can be on a young individual, just their ability to, um, kind of just do cool things. Like it sounds dumb, but like, you know, to be able to do a chin up is actually really rad for these kids. Um, and it just makes life easier if you're stronger. Yeah, definitely. Now, like winding back when you were saying that you lost a lot of weight back in middle school, like how can you like kind of jump into that and kind of what triggered you to want to get healthy and want to lose weight and made that a priority? Sure. Yeah. Like uh, that was really, I mean, it was, I want to guess I was probably 15 and I, when I was, when I was 14, as soon like the day I turned 14, I was getting ready to, uh, work because, you know, my parents like really instilled, like we didn't get allowances. We didn't have, uh, we kind of had like chores as in like, Hey, go do this thing that we're asking you to do. Um, but we didn't get like paid for, we didn't get an allowance or anything like that. So, um, I had like no money and if I ever wanted anything, I needed to work for it, whether it be caddying before I was uh, 14, um, because you don't need a, a work license to do that. But as soon as I turned 14, got a work license, started working at uh, a grocery store literally the day after I was 14. And, um, you know, there as a kid that was already overweight and then working at a grocery store, it's kind of a really bad combination because, you know, you're just going to eat whatever is good. So that would be the opportunity to, um, you know, have you know, a bunch of like I was a really big eater. I'd have like bread and peanut butter for, for lunch or something like that. And like, it wouldn't be, it would just be like, you know, I have 30 minutes. So I'm going to eat for 30 minutes or something like that. And they'll go yeah. back to work or, you know, you get ready to go home and oh my God, I got a, I get a checking account. Now I have money. I can buy my own food and you would get things like chocolate covered pretzels or, or whatever, because like, that's a great way to unwind at night. Um, as a 14 year old, after working for, you know, three or four hours after being at school for six hours. So that was a really bad combination. It got me up to, uh, I think at my highest, I was 215 pounds at about 15 years old. So uh, a little bit under six feet, uh, at that weight, not being very athletic, but playing athletics, like I played basketball, I played football. Um, but you know, there's that, that will only undo so much. So, there was a there was a tipping point. I don't know if it was a specific event. I don't know if it was like a girl that I was trying to date or something like that. But at some point, there was uh, there was just like a like this is enough. Like I can't do this anymore. I need to I need to reverse what what is going on right now. So um, that was just really like simple. I started exercising more. I started. 
running like half a mile one day, you know, maybe to take two days off, maybe get like three quarters of a mile the next time. And then eventually like I was able to, to run, you know, five, six, seven miles, no problem at, at that age. Um, stopped getting rides to the grocery store. I started riding my bike everywhere. Um, and that all added up along with doing the most basic and simple nutrition things like, all right, I stopped drinking soda. I stopped eating candy. I stopped. This is a big thing for me. Like I, I used to howl my parents all the time for McDonald's. Like I, I would, and this is American McDonald's. So we had, we had super size at the time. And like at that age, I get 14, 15, no problem can take two, you know, crispy chicken sandwiches, a super sized fry and a super sized Coke. No problem. Like that is, that's like a dinner. And, Jeez. and then just cutting all that stuff out and trying to make better food choices, not really smart. Like if we're kind of looking, if I'm looking back at it now, like it was just like I was having more fruit instead of having candy. I, you know, would have, if I want a snack, I would have like a couple of rice cakes instead of having, you know, uh, a thing of cookies or something like that. And it wasn't really like perfect nutrition, but there was a drastic decrease in the caloric intake of, you know, my, me being a 15 year old, plus a huge increase in exercise, uh, allowed me to drop about 35 pounds in between the course of my freshman and sophomore years of high school. So, um, I got to go back in like that first day of school of my sophomore year and, and, you know, have all the kids be like, Oh man, like, wow, Kevin, you also like a lot of weight and all that stuff. And that makes it really easy to kind of stay on track going forward and just continuing to refine what you're doing. Um, and that kind of sold me on wanting to do this as a, as a career selfishly, uh, at the start, just because like, yeah, if you're a personal trainer, you have to stay in shape, right? So might as well do that. Yeah. It's kind of interesting how like you can just change one thing that you do, like just like a habit of like, say drinking pop every day, you eliminate that. And for some reason your weight just comes off. Like, yeah, yeah, it, it, it was, it, it's like the little simple things that, you know, people, we, we, we kind of know this now as fitness professionals is that what we don't want to do is say like, all right, well, I'm doing all these things. So I'm going to eliminate these 10 things from my diet, or I'm going to eliminate these, these 10 habits that seem to be harmful right now. It's, it just doesn't, it doesn't work. It's not sustainable. So, you know, having the ability to calm down, slow down and say, all right, well, I don't need to do this all at once. And I shouldn't do this all at once because it's not going to lead to success. And I don't care how strong of a person that you are and how much, you know, quote unquote willpower you think you have. It's a bunch of crap. So, you got to make sure that you go and, and, and do like one habit at a time. Lock that thing down. Make it like it doesn't even – it's not even a second thought anymore and then start adding in you know, the second habit and the third habit after the second and third week and wait until you have those on lockdown and then you can start adding another habit and that's how you're going to get to success. I think a lot of people just fall under the impression that, you know, to lose weight, it has to be so complicated. Oh, I can't eat this. I shouldn't be drinking that at all, ever, and only vegetables and things like that. And I'm like, no, it's not really like that. Like, you could still enjoy those things once in a Mm -hmm. while, but it doesn't have to be, like, completely cold turkey. You're not going to enjoy life ever again. No, absolutely. And that's, that's the thing that we, we probably need to continue to do better as, as fitness professionals, like the lazy fitness professional has a new client. They print out the sheet that says, these are the vegetables that you'll eat. These are your lean proteins. These are your healthy fats. Uh, and if it's not on the list, you know, you can't eat it. That's, that is not a good strategy. Um, and it also is just, it, it's lazy. Um, you know, it, it, you should have conversations with the people that you're trying to help, or even, you know, if you're someone listening and you're just, you know, trying to get in better shape yourself, like do your best to have an honest conversation with yourself and be like, all right, so I'm um, in week one. Uh, what's the one thing that I can do that would clearly help me get towards my goal? Just one thing though. Maybe it's going to be, you know, it's a simple thing. Okay. Maybe we just make sure we have, eight glasses of water a day. All right. I I can do that. Or, you know, let's just say, okay, I'm going to go from, and people hate this one, but you know, it's not, it's not that bad. You go from having three Cokes a day to three diet Cokes a day. 
And yeah, maybe that's where we're going to start. We're going to go from soda to, to, to diet soda. And please don't have any backlash on artificial sweeteners. We've studied them a lot. It's, it's okay. Eventually, maybe we could get rid of them, and that would be a great strategy too. But in the meantime, it would be also great if we just had you know 500 less calories in the person's body each day. Yeah, it's kind of strange because sometimes, um, even with my clients, they think they have to suffer to be able to lose weight. Where it's like, if you just say, yeah, like, if you're drinking three pops a day, let's turn them into a diet pop. And they almost think it's too easy and that doesn't work. And they want like the rapid weight loss really quickly. And mm-hmm. as much as you like try to educate them, it still doesn't like click in their head that that's the way. And uh, I don't think even with like a media, it doesn't really help us that much when you continually see like, you know, like a 30 day challenge or this cleanse or this detox to help you lose that stubborn fat and all that crap. Well, yeah, that's never, I mean, the media is never going to be a good source for, for in the mainstream media is never going to be a great resource for any kind of good fitness or or nutrition information, because it's not the, to to be honest, like the, the stuff that's going to be most effective is going to be the least flashy and it's going to be the the least interesting. Um, and, and that's, that's what we need to kind of get across and potentially do a better job selling to the people that we're trying to help is make sure that. All right, how are we going to package this thing? So it kind of almost like looks flashy, but it's really like super simple and we just need their buy-in. If we can get that buy-in from that the people that we're trying to help, all right, we're going to be good. Yeah, definitely. So what do you think is kind of like the main struggle with people? Cuz like I have like I've had clients in the past where, you know, they'll come in, they're training, they're kind of going through the motions, they're not losing any weight. I'm trying to like figure out what's going on, but they're not kind of giving you anything like oh maybe you should try this and they actually don't do it or it almost seems like they don't have that motivation to kind of change their lifestyle because like changing your life is a pretty hard task to do but again like some people have it they just have this like point in their life where they'll click and like okay I'm going to get serious finally I'm going to do this this and this and then they'll see success like where do you think people fall short trying to get their lives a little healthier. Well, I mean, it depends if they're working with someone, it's going to be, it's going to be about that person trying to help the person that they're trying to help figure out exactly why they're doing this stuff. Because, um, and, and if you're yourself, like if you're listening to this and you're just someone that is trying to, you know, whatever it is, lose 20 pounds, gain 20 pounds or whatever you're trying to do, you know, you got to kind of get, a couple layers deeper and figure out exactly why you want this. It is not just to, you know, be in shape for, you know, your friend's wedding that's coming up or to get ready for, for the beach. That's really not why you're usually doing this. Um, that's usually the superficial layer of things. Um, and, and that requires, if you're a, a coach or a trainer and you're working with someone, you got to ask some questions and you got to be, uh, almost a pain in the butt and how you repeat this stuff and make sure that you're really kind of getting to the core of, of what's going on. And it's usually going to get pretty emotional. Uh, you're usually going to get, uh, people that they're going to come in and say, you know, I want to lose 10 pounds. All right. What do you want to lose 10 pounds for? Oh, well, you know, I just got a, I got a, like a, whatever, I got a 30th birth birthday coming up. I want to, you know, just drop 10 pounds for my 30th birthday. All right. Well, you know, but like what really what would make you feel like you hit that goal is it is it just like the number on the on the scale oh you know well i just i kind of like have these clothes that i used to wear 5 years ago and they you know i i'd really like to wear them because i love those clothes and they you know they, i think they would fit if i lost 10 pounds all right all right so what 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 feelings do you have when you're wearing those clothes? Oh, well, they're just like, you know, they're comfortable. I know like they're they're kind of form fitting and they um don't accentuate like any kind of, um, you know, people will use different words, but like, you know, they will use something along the line of, of flaws, something that they don't like in their body, whether it be, you know, abdominal fat or, um, you know, neck fat, I don't know, whatever it is. Um, so you kind of need to continue to get down a couple areas and be like, all right, well, like, you know, is that what makes you uncomfortable is like, you know, having that, that extra, you know, fat in that certain uh, spot of your body. 
Um, and then usually it's probably going to be even a, a couple layers deeper. Um, and, and that's the thing that we need to kind of do better is ask better questions and continue to ask questions and continue to ask follow-up questions and make sure, you know, people, once they kind of really give you the reason for what they're doing, don't be afraid to remind them or remind yourself, oh, no, I got to make sure that I kind of stay on track and make sure like Dan John has had this like really good thing and uh God, it was probably at episode twenty of my show. It was probably ten years ago. And like I think the the big thing that he he gets across is like, you know, the goal is to make sure that the goal remains the goal. And that's the thing that people run into is sometimes they get distracted. They're like they're like kids that, you know, see uh you know, a bird fly by and they completely, you know, divert their attention to that. For for us as fitness professionals, we get to make sure that we almost like remind people like this is where our end goal is. Remember what you told me on like, you know, day one, we, we got, you know, really deep talking to it. You know, don't forget like that. That's really like at your core, what you, what you want to do. So let's not get distracted by this thing that you saw on TV or, or by this, you know, a bad weekend that you have. No, it's okay. Let's refocus. Let's get back on the goal and let's continue getting, uh, to where we, we want to eventually, uh, get to. And, like that—that that is the thing. It's—it's it's all about trying to figure out exactly why we're doing what we're doing. It's not always to look better naked. It's not always to, um, you know, bench three hundred. But yeah, sometimes it is. Like, I want to do a chin up. All right, why do you want to do a chin up? Because I want to be stronger. All right, why? Why do you want to be stronger? I just want to feel safer when I walk down the street. All right, that's okay. We got okay. Now we're we're getting somewhere, and you know those are the real motivators uh, to help people make sure they that they get to where they want to you know end up yeah like uh, my clients they're basically within the age range of like 35 to 45 and it always comes up to like what they really want is just to be able to have enough energy to keep up with their kids and some of them to keep up with their grandkids Mm -hmm. and like when i dial that into their you know brains that's when they finally get it i also find like the moment they see like just small success, it almost becomes like addictive, like, oh, something's changing. Whatever I'm doing is working. So I do more of it. I can even get better of myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what do you think that uh, if someone's just trying to get into the whole weight loss thing and they have like no experience whatsoever, what are like maybe like three or five key things you should you know, suggest to them to focus on? Uh, I, I think, I, I mean, you can kind of go in a, in a bunch of different directions with yeah. this, but I think um, the, the thing that I, I would probably want to hit on is, and this is this is where I've been, this is where I've been spending a lot of my brain energy thinking about the fitness industry lately, and this is the top secret stuff I'm going to share with you. But um, I think there are so many uh, facilities and gyms that are really dropping the ball on community. And I think that if you are, if you do, you know, if you really want to get serious with this stuff and you can make it happen financially, um, don't go to, you know, the Globo gym that's like 20 bucks a month, find a gym with a great community where everyone seems to kind of they know everyone or even like all the coaches know everyone's name there. Um, like I, I think when, when I look at when I, when I look at like the gym of the future, the fitness facility of the future, that's going to be the thing that separates the great gyms from the okay or the bad gyms. It's going to be gyms that have a fantastic community and that also, you know, potentially aren't too big. Um, you know, that, that don't have, uh, like you, you should kind of like be able to almost know everyone's name that walks through there. And, and there's a couple examples of those gyms here in, in Boston. This is again, me prefacing it. Like we do a badass job of that at, at Mike Boyle's training and conditioning. Um, we also have 400 to 500 people that could walk through our door and train every single day. And that's with no membership. That's just people in groups. That's athletes in groups. That's adults in groups and some, uh, semi-private and personal training. But, but what we have uh, is, you know, two great uh, examples of this are, are amped and achieve in the in the Boston area, and in those two teams, like they're really making, 
this is me kind of getting ahead of myself, but making a place where like, even this is great because I just had a conversation, like Mark Fisher was in town, uh, last weekend for an event and I got to kind of meet up with everyone and, and like all our Boston fitness community and talk to people about this. So it's a little bit fresh in my mind, but we, we got to talking and, um, I think the the thing that we need to do better is like a you know fitness industry is make some place that you kind of you just want to go there. Like after work, you just had like eight hours of work that you might hate, and you're like, for the most part, if you just had a membership at a gym, like oh, I don't want to go to the gym. Like it's like the locker room smells and you know the the equipment is going to be busy after work. I'm just going to stay home. But at these gyms they've created a community and an atmosphere. We're like, well, yeah, of course I'm going to go, I want to go hang out with, you know, Jason Lauren at, at achieve. I, I want to go hang out with, with that staff. And because it's always going to be a blast and yeah, I guess I'll have to work out while I'm there, but that's almost like not the reason why people are going. They're going because of how great the people are there. And that's what we hear at Mike Boyle strength and conditioning. If you ask people what like their favorite part of, you know, MBSC is, no one's going to say, oh, yeah, the program is really effective. That's, they'll never, ever say that. What they'll say is, oh, yeah, you know, like I love training with Ken. Like Ken, like, you know, I, I look forward to seeing Ken every day. His energy is always, you know, through the roof. And you know, he's always a blast to hang out with. He has the corniest jokes, and I'll laugh every single time. Like that's, 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 that's gigantic. Um, but I think that's what the big commercial gyms completely miss is just like, personal trainer where people really aren't on the same team because they're trying to all have their own clients hit their minimums and all that garbage. But, um, that, that's the thing is like, if you can get, if you can get a place together, um, where it's a, like a close knit community where people want to train and that might only be also be like putting together your own, like stamp on this stuff. Like the guys at Amp, like, you know, Steve is like, all about superhero stuff like Steve and Lindsay, like they're, they have a bunch of superhero stuff around the gym and like they'll dress up as superheroes and that's like weird and quirky, but yeah, like, you know, people are going to walk in, they're going to have a smile on their face and they're going to be happy when they leave. And they're also going to have just gotten an awesome workout too. So the long, I guess the short answer to the long winded answer is uh, the short version is find a place that you want to go to, even if, you know, you weren't even going to lift people that you would hang out with, even if you weren't there uh, to train, if you go and train at a gym that you don't want to go to, you're going to find reasons not to go there. Yeah. Like I used to work for um, a big box gym and man, I hated it there. Like the trainers would steal clients from each other by like undercutting and even the whole like system, like, you know, a brand new person signs up, they have the trainer show them the like the quick circuit, and then after three months of doing that, they just fall off and they just continue paying that monthly fee, and they just like rely on new members signing up and not paying their monthly fee to just get. It's just like a big cash grab thing, honestly. Yeah. And you know maybe a trainer will stay there for like a year at the most, and then leave to do something else or onto better things. Like that whole system does not like meant for someone to lose weight or feel better about themselves unless they're going into like bodybuilding competitions. Right. I mean, it's a, the, the, almost the fitness stuff is just like a, you know, a secondary outcome of, of what I'm, what I'm talking about, but it's, it's going to happen. It's, it's all about, you know, not like, it, this is kind of like the big picture stuff, but you know, it's, if you want to go another layer deeper, it's just consistency. It's making sure like there's a place that you're going to want to show up three days a week and get in a lift and, you know, have a, have a good time. It's, um, you know, again, like I, I look at, I look at like gyms like those guys and I, and I really see like that is, that's the gym of the next, you know, two decades. Um, it's not gigantic gyms, it's smaller places where everyone kind of knows each other. Um, so you know, hats off to them for, for getting to it first. They do both those guys or both those gyms do an incredible job. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the next thing would be just to make sure that going back to what we were talking before, you got to make sure that you have your goals laid out. Um, you, you got to make sure that you have some sort of, uh, a plan and you have, uh, you know, achievable goals. You have to have something in place that you feel like you can have a victory with. 
Because if you say, all right, I want to learn, I want to lose 60 pounds. All right. That's a goal, but that is a goal that is going to be 12 months away. Maybe that could be, you know, 18 months away. Um, all right, well let's, that's, that's going to be, you know, the big, let's say, let's call it a year long goal. You know, if we, where we have lofty expectations, we make that a year long goal and let's try to say, all right, well, what are we going to do in the next week? Now, next week, I'm going to make sure I prepare all my meals or I prepare even half my meals. I'm going to make sure I have half my meals prepared so I don't need to worry about that during the week. And I'll even keep it simple. Not the best option, but yeah, I'll have two protein shakes during the day because I know I'm super busy and I want to make sure I'm like on with my nutrition. Just keep it as simple as possible. Um, so yeah, like the goal setting and making it like manageable and easy to obtain goals things that will give you victories, things that you can check off and be like, yeah, I nailed it, nailed it this week. And then you can add layers of uh, you know, difficulty um, or challenge to that as, as you go on. But the last thing that you want to be like looking at is, God, like I guess I, I totally bombed that this week. It was way too hard. And then you get to take a step back. Not the worst thing that could happen, but you would rather just make sure that you are always having uh, victories and keeping it as pot of positive as possible. Um, and then like the, 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 the other thing would just be to make sure that whatever you're doing, uh, at the gym, and this kind of goes back to the first thing I was talking about, um, make sure you're doing a program that is fun to do. Um, because, you know, I see so many people that go and um, they get like the latest program on whatever website and they hate the program. They hate the program, but they're just doing it because they were like, Oh, I was promised, you know, whatever, adding 30 pounds to my, my, bench press or something like that but they hate the program like it's brutal it's a it's a a.m p.m lift like they get a lift at 6 a.m and 6 p.m every day um and it's and it's just the worst so make sure that you're doing something that is fun and it could be i know some people that like train exclusively with kettlebells and that's you know that's maybe not like the best way to do it but they love doing it it's simple uh and or I shouldn't say it's simple. It's, you know, it's easy because you can just like have a couple bells and be good to go and you can nail a bunch of different movement patterns and get in an awesome workout. Um, but just kind of figure out what works best for you. And it could be, you know, for me these days, I mostly train at my house, like first thing in the morning because I built a pretty decent home gym and I can have really good workouts in there. Yeah. Like, um, I love asking my clients just okay, what do you want to do in your next program? And then your eyes like light up and then they start listing like, oh, I really want to try this because I haven't done that. And I really Mm -hmm. like this exercise. So keep that in my program. And then that's like just another like push that, oh, my next program, I'm really excited to start. So I want to show up to actually do it and get stronger on all the things that I like and haven't tried yet. Yeah. And you'll be surprised how many people were like, yeah, I really want to make sure I'm pushing sleds. Yeah, yeah, I want to, you know, push sleds so I almost want to throw up. And obviously, you're not going to push them that hard. But they're going to, like, some people are just going to really like that stuff. They're like, yeah, I want to make sure I want to do bench twice a week or I want to do, you know, chin ups or no, for, no, this is more for the female clients. Like, yeah, I want to do single leg deadlifts like almost every day of the week because, you know, to be honest, I just want like my pants to fit better or and stuff like that. Yeah. Going back to the community one, that's like, that's awesome that you came to that conclusion. Cause like even what I've been noticing that me and my two business partners that started a gym and we switched to semi-private having like three to four people with one coach and then the other two, same thing. Like eventually, you know, we introduce every single person and they start talking and they have something in common and they're like, all right, we'll see you next Tuesday night. And they almost look forward to seeing that person again. And mm-hmm. we even make like a huge, um, um, emphasis that anybody that walks through the door, we just scream out their name, just like that, um, that show cheers. Like everybody knows who you are when you walk in. And then eventually we're at a point where like, we need to tell our clients to separate cause they're talking too much. It's like, come on, let's, uh, let's get it moving. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um, I think, I think that's, that, that is just going to be, it's just going to be so big to have that community, having parties, having like, again, like with the achieve guys, like they're, they're cool enough to invite me over to, they did laser tag. Like they just had yeah. like a laser tag night for the gym and anyone from the gym, you know, could show up because they reserved laser tag for the night. Um, that's, 
I mean, that's stuff that I think while we, while we have a really strong community at MBSC, I think that's something that we could, that's, that's room for improvement on, on our part. Something we should look at some more. Yeah. Just do like a bowling night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so with your weight loss, I remember you, I think it was, uh, a podcast episode with like Lou Schuler, you were saying that you actually went through a surgery post weight loss. I can't remember when, but could you kind of like touch on that a little bit? Yeah. So this would have been, let me think back and see if I can get the dates now that I haven't talked about this in a while, but, um, yeah, so I, I ended up losing a bunch of weight, but basically I still had, um, you know, excess breast tissue. And this is something that is really common in, in males. And sometimes it's due to like a hormonal imbalance at going through puberty, excuse me, puberty and stuff like that. So, um, even though I lost like a bunch of weight, I I had like a bunch of excess fat on my chest, which, you know, as a male, you know, trying to make it in the fitness industry is not so awesome. So I, you know, I did my research. I, I, I looked up, you know, causes and and treatments and and stuff like that. And really the only solution, the only real solution, uh, was to get more or less plastic surgery. Uh, so we, we went after talking to my parents about this, I basically, you know, was talking to them, you know, again, I was, uh, I was probably, I was a junior in college at the time, I think. Yeah. It would have been right in between my it was right in the middle of my junior year of college because it was during Christmas break that I got the surgery. Um, but yeah, I went to uh, my parents and basically explained like what was going on and like how this, this is something that like I've done my best to try to deal with naturally through exercise and through, you know, just benching until my, you know, eyes would bleed. Uh, <laughs> and, and no matter how big my pecs got, like it still was going to be something that was going to be clearly you know, visible and all that stuff. So, we went to a plastic surgeon and like, again, yeah, just kind of like reconfirm, like it's a pretty common thing that guys will get done. Like I've talked to since, since doing that in the men's health piece, uh, talking to, I got lots of emails from guys that, that got it done or were thinking of getting it done and had questions about it. But the, you know, it is a pretty common procedure and it's basically like liposuction, uh, for your, your chest. And, uh, it's a really easy surgery. Uh, I think it was, probably about $5,000 for the surgery, which in the grand scheme of things, priceless. Um, and just luckily my, my parents were, were willing to kind of fit the bill. And I did two years of being an RA, which helped, (laughs) uh, you know, pay, pay the bills too. But the, uh, that was kind of like a, a huge deal, for me, and I know, I know a lot of guys. Like I still know guys. Like I literally, was just at a Perform Better Summit where someone came up to me and asked, was asking me questions about getting the surgery himself, and and it's really a, a one day surgery, uh, or it's like a what do they call it? It's a it's basically you just go in for a couple hours. I think it was like eight hours total. You get there in the morning at eight a.m. and you're out of there by three o'clock, and it's really weird because you, you basically like, I can only imagine it's the same thing for people that end up getting their like, like plastic surgery for their face. Um, where you, you've seen something for so many years and then you kind of look in the mirror and you see something that's different or that's not there. And it's like, for me, when I took off, like I had to keep this vest on for a couple days before I could even like take it off and like see the results or whatever. And when I did, I actually felt like really sick to my stomach. Like I almost threw up because, you know, not only there was like bruising on my chest and, uh, I think there were stitches and stuff, but there, I could basically like, I had a flat chest, which was so weird. Um, it was just such a drastic change in my, in like my own personal body, um, that it was a, like a shock. So that was weird. Um, but yeah, it was totally worth doing. And I, I recommend like if anyone else is interested in, in doing it, you know, for, for gynecomastia, like that is, it's a surgery that is worth doing. And there is actually some medical merit to getting it done because though it is, it's not uncommon for men to get breast cancer because, you know, really it is just fatty tissue. Um, so, having that tissue on there puts you at a higher risk for breast cancer as a, as a man, just like it would for a woman. So, 
um, it is, you know, even more of a reason to get it checked out and potentially just look at your options for, for surgery. It might even be cheaper and better than it was. God, that was nine years ago. Yeah. Like even when you see, um, like all the contestants on like, say the biggest loser and they lose so much weight and with all that excess skin, like you almost have to get some sort of surgery done. So you don't have like the extra layer just flopping around almost. Yeah, it's it's all about how much it bothers you. Like it was, it bothered me to the point where you know I was you know rarely seen with my shirt off, and it was, it was a thing that was a big enough deal to you know again spend five or six thousand dollars to to get it fixed. Like it made a, a real difference in my life. Like I got to, like shit, I got to wear t-shirts to classes like that summer, and I didn't feel ashamed to do it, and I didn't need to find like super thick t-shirts. Like I could wear thin shirts and. Like it was badass. It did so much for my, um, like just for my, my confidence in myself. And I would have, you know, I'd do it a thousand times again. Yeah. Now going through your own like transformation, do you feel that you have an advantage training other people trying to lose weight? I, that's a good question because yeah. I, th- I think what, what, what's the best way to put this? Um, yeah, I do because I I think there are some fit there's some fitness professionals that are amazing people and great coaches and trainers in this industry that got into it because they were just it really came natural to them like they were just naturally they were like former athletes they were very gifted they were always lean but they don't know what it's like to be overweight they don't know what it's like to be fifty pounds overweight. Um, what that feels like, what it's like to, you know, have people like look at you to, to be afraid to take your shirt off at the beach or at the pool or, uh, you know, for people that are, you know, 60, 70, 80 power pounds overweight today, you know, that the, the stress of getting on an airplane and, you know, potentially like just praying to God, like if you got like an aisle seat or a window seat that no one's in the middle, so you don't need to like invade their space, um, because of how stupidly small the seats are on airplanes today. So yeah, I, I I think it it does give you an advantage because you know, you have a different psychological mindset than everyone else out there. And like, it's, you can say it as like, you can say that, Oh no, I, I I understand. Like I, I do my best to understand what my clients are going through, but you really don't know until you've You've done it. There was a there was a weird story. I, actually, I don't remember that much about it, but it was a, a a trainer that like gained sixty pounds and like he did it intentionally to you know see what it's like to be fifty or sixty pounds overweight and uh, you know found out that it is it's way different. People look at you completely different. They treat you completely different. They have a they have a different idea of the person that you are uh, during the initial introduction that is, uh, it's, it's an unfair, it's an unfair bias. Um, you know, it's people that will think like, oh man, that person can't control their eating or they can't, uh, or they're too, or they're like lazy. Like this is, this is something like, again, that word, that word lazy for someone that, uh, is overweight is the biggest pile of bullshit in the world because you, you have no idea, you know, what they do from day to day. They, they, yeah, they could be sitting at home on their couch all day, but they could also be working like 70 hours a week. You know, there's so many people like, especially in America, um, people that need to work multiple jobs to support themselves. They don't have time for, you know, going, they literally don't have time for going to the gym because they're taking care of their kids they're taking care of their family. Plus they're working multiple jobs and they, might just be able to grab you know a couple things to to eat and it's probably not the best food choices and they might not even have time to educate themselves on on the proper things to eat so i think it's uh it's a real bad bias that that some people can have on on people that are are overweight and it's and it's again it's something that even i catch myself like you know walking through the airport and be like oh man that person's like really overweight like i wonder like what like what their day-to-day is because this goes back to that community thing that I was talking about. Um, and actually forgot to mention this. Like, this is the big thing that, that I have been thinking about. It's not just the community aspect, but we're failing people as an industry. We're really failing people, uh, that 
are overweight and out of shape because there is a reason that they're not walking through uh, the door of a gym. There's a reason why they're not walking for 60 minutes a day. There's a reason why they're not making better food choices and we're not doing a good job helping them. Um, because very few people that maybe, maybe a percentage of a percentage of the people that are obese and overweight are going to say, yeah, I like being overweight. Yeah. It's, you know, I like being tired all the time. I like making, I like making it harder to, uh, you know, go through tight spaces. Like as someone that's been in Japan eight times, like I, I think someone that is in, in, in Japan has their own issues with weight and, and stigmas and stuff like that. But yeah, like you could, you actually like can't go through some of the stores if you're overweight, like because the, 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 the aisles are so narrow and stuff like that. So, um, but what we need to do, uh, better as a, and I don't have an answer for this. This is why I've been thinking about it so much is what do we need to do better? So people are more, excuse me, more encouraged to walk through the door to, excuse me, search out for help and make better choices or, or, or try to be healthier. Um, because with all the government programs we have, with all the advertising we have for programs on, on TV and on the internet, for some reason, they're still not asking us for help. Why do they feel like, you know, they can't come to us for help or, you know, they can't have success just yet. Um, and that's where I think the community stuff pops in a little bit because maybe they just don't have a place that they can go and feel comfortable. Because you walk into a gym and you're usually going to be surrounded by mostly people that are people that are mostly in good shape. Um, and you have no idea what you're doing and you might not have money for a personal trainer or stuff like that. Um, but like, this is great because I, I was just, just up in uh, Toronto and I got to go to, to bank fitness up there and uh, I got to talk to Paul and Paul uh, mentioned a, a friend of his that actually has a gym. That's also a gym. That's like video game focused where they actually have like video games in there. So it attracts kids and you can kind of like, you know, play some video games and you can, you know, get into shape. Like that's a great way to get kids into the door that would never want to go to the gym. And it's like, it's video game themed. Like they're talking their language. Um, and that's something that, you know, I think in, in, the, in the small part, like Steve and Lindsay are doing with AMP, like they're doing superhero stuff. And like, that's like, everyone knows superhero stuff now. Like everyone has a superhero that they, that they kind of, um, associate themselves with, that they feel like they're, they're kind of like that, that person or their regular persona and stuff. Um, so, so I think that that is something that we need to kind of do a better job with because no one is happy being, you know, obese. No one is, uh, you know, again, it might be a, like a one or 2% thing, but no one is happy, you know, trying like when it's hard to get off the floor, when it's hard to get out of bed or, you know, when, you know, people are looking at them on the subway or as they walk down the street, nobody wants that. Um, so, so we we're failing them right now because, you know, we have so many resources, yet they, they're still, you know, not getting the help that they need. Yeah, like, I've always had this, like, idea, like, what can a gym do differently to bring in those people that are not just going to, like, yep, I want to get fit today. I'm just going to walk through a gym door, and hopefully it works out. And I was just thinking, like, maybe if you just had, like, another business that's completely different than what fitness is attached to it. And I was like, what would be kind of a good combination? I'm like, why not, like, a barbershop? Everybody has to get their hair cut. And if, you know, you go into the barbershop, you're like, oh, it's connected to a gym. At least you're exposed to that culture and exposed to that community. And maybe that might be like their pathway into a better life. And that's right. kind of like the same thing with the video games. I'm like, oh, that's actually really freaking brilliant. Like you wouldn't have thought of that, but someone did and it works. Yeah. I mean, that was really, you know, in, in intriguing just because, Maybe that's the next thing. Maybe it's just like restaurants. Like you're going to have themed gyms and it's going to be like, yeah, I'm going to go to the, I'm going to the whatever. And what's something big enough? Like you go to the walking dead gym. Yeah. I'm going to get in shape. Yeah. Like that's a big thing. Like, you no, know, uh, my buddy Roger, like, you know, get in shape for the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Like that's something people can kind of almost like have fun with. And, uh, you know, for, for whatever you could have a, a specific, you know, sports themed one where you're like for fans of the new England Patriots or something like that. Like this is, 
something that is like you see Patriot stuff all around. People are always talking about the upcoming game on Sunday. They're talking about trades coming up. They're talking about you know, how Tom Brady was so unfairly uh, prosecuted against by the NFL. Um, like that, that may be where we go, but I just don't think, I think those are smaller gyms um, and there just doesn't fit the, you know, the, the 20,000 square feet facility. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so now last question for you, cause it's almost been an hour. Um, what's your next project? What are you going to be working on? And if you have any like speaking engagements or anything like that, and where can people find you online? Uh, I don't do, uh, well, actually we have a CFSC summit for our certified functional strength coaches. We have like an, a summit that's exclusive to them. That's coming up in about a week. Uh, but I, I'll, I'll be speaking there, but I really don't do any speaking. I'm, I'm very much the person that is, uh, the, the, you know, person that grabs all the information and shares it with people and, or grabs the people that has the information and, and shares their voice with, uh, with other people. Um, but I don't know if, I got an interesting email today, which <laughs> I, I, I can't really talk about, but, um, uh, I'm doing a bunch of weird stuff. Like I just filmed a documentary up in Toronto on, uh, some independent game developers up there and also visited the, uh, personal computer museum out in Brantford. I think that's right. Uh, Brantford, Ontario, Canada. So that was a blast. So I'm doing some, some weird stuff that's outside the fitness industry, but, um, I'm doing a bunch more video content at uh, youtube.com slash fitcast network. And, uh, people can find some, some more stuff on there. Just, you know, if you want to grab any of the podcasts that I do, whether it be for fitness or for games or for the book club or whatever, uh, fitcast.network is the URL for, for that. But, I don't know, man. Like I said, like it is, uh, I think that's like the big thing. If I, if I'm working on anything over the next, you know, a couple of years outside of the 14,000 projects I'm working on right now, it's going to be figuring out the answers to those questions we just discussed. Perfect. I just want to thank you so much for all your time. And, uh, that was freaking awesome. Oh yeah. Anytime. And, uh, again, like if anyone has, you know, questions, or if you want to email me directly, just Kevin at the fitcast.com. Uh, welcome to shoot me stuff on there or at Kevin Larrabee on Twitter. And you can find me on Facebook, however you would like to do that. Perfect. All right. So hopefully you guys enjoyed Kevin's interview. And again, if you have any questions, feel free to email me at rafael at empowerhp.ca. And just remember, just like last episode, You can find this podcast not only on SoundCloud with the link that I provided, but with um, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, and Google Play. So just search Cut the Shit, Get Fit, and you'll find me. Subscribe, rate, and review, and I'll be awesome. See you guys next week.